0: Please.
1: Welcome back to the next part of this Truth and Rhythm episode. Be sure to subscribe to this channel. If you've already done so, please share it with friends. Also become a member by joining Truth and Rhythm on Patreon. Or consider donating at funkinstuff.net. Thank you so much for your interest and support. Enjoy. Hey, everybody uh, did such a great job setting the table to move over to Rome, uh, the originator and uh rome if you could uh you know share with the folks um you know how you connected with frankie beverly way back when and uh just a little bit of the band's history i knew that it came from raw soul but i didn't know there was something actually before that called the butlers or something so oh yeah uh, yeah if you could uh just bring us up up to speed in a nutshell how that all came together
2: okay it's been a, an amazing journey pardon the pun uh I started out at a young age in church as well. My grandfather was a pastor, singing pastor, had a beautiful voice. So I was influenced by him. Uh, at 13, 14, uh, my cousin, first cousin, John Whitehead of McFadden and Whitehead, we were in a group called the Epsilons. And uh, we recorded one single. And from there... It, 15, 16, uh, I was influenced always with R&B music, of course, being in a, a doo-wop group. I met uh, a bass player. Uh, my brother went to a boarding school and the bass player that was playing with Frank then told me, uh, you know, when I'm not in school, I play at this club downtown, come check me out. So I did. And at that time, I was playing the flute because I was a a jazz head and still am. And uh, I sat in and the flute wasn't really required for the music they were playing. And prior to then, they were the butlers. I met them in 69. They were then the butlers. It was more of a doo-wop group, uh, three vocalists, front vocalists, and uh bass guitar drums. uh I met them then, and my name was Ronnie. They had a cat in the band, his name was Ronnie, and I didn't I knew inevitably they would call me little Ronnie. I wasn't going for that, so at that time, I was back and forth from New York to Philly playing with cats I knew <laughs> playing the flute, a lot of it was Congo's flute uh. So from there, uh, I knew flute wasn't required in the music, but he said, is there anything else you can play? And my best friend, Khalil, God rest his soul, uh, played congas, great percussions. And I used to sit with him as he used to solo, and I used to keep a basic pattern, so I knew how to play the congas. So I said, yeah, man, I can play congas, and I sang. He said, well, we got vocalists, but uh, yeah, man, I can use you playing congas. So uh, it was love at first sight, just like the relationship Jubu and I, when we first met, Frank and I connected the same way. In fact, because I was playing the flute, he could have just said, oh man, thanks for sitting there and see you. But he said, man, uh, again, he wanted me to stay because he asked me was there anything else I could play. Not only that, we ended up living together for years and got really close. I mean, that was my boy. So uh, from Butler's, it transitioned into Raw Soul, which then was a self-contained band. Uh, from Raw Soul, uh, we were in Philly. Uh, we played all around clubs, and we ended up playing the last gig in Philly was with Isaac Hayes. We were heavily influenced by the sounds that was coming out of the Bay Area. Carlos Santana, Sly Stone, Tower of Power, self-contained bands, and we dug that. So we wanted to go where those cats were. And in that, we left Philly in 72. We also, uh, in Philly, we traveled around in a a bus, a Brill bus, and we converted it into a tour bus. So we would go around Philly in that bus, And when we decided to leave Philly in 72, there were cats, some roadies, Frank, his lady, our manager then, his name was Cannonball. He was uh, also a DJ in Philly. Uh, We got in a bus and decided to go cross country in this tour bus. I wasn't going because I didn't want to take that trip. And I had never flown before, so it was my first flight. So I flew to Vegas. My brother was just out of the army, so I stayed with him in Vegas until the cats got to the bay. We had some gigs lined up, but they fell through when we got to the bay. So for the, uh, prior to that, I can't exclude this. They broke down in a small rural town in Stewart, Iowa. The engine burned out, and they needed a replacement or just getting it fixed. They were there for maybe two months. When they first got there, the adults again—it was rural. There were no blacks in that town. They weren't having it. It was an all-black group, and they just weren't having it. Again, you, I mean, it's, it's all over the. You know, racist, yeah, okay, cool. The kids protested. This was during the edge of the hippie era, so that was still in effect. People spoke about love and peace and the music. So they rebelled, and those cats were there for two months until the engine was replaced. And at the end of that, when they were ready to leave, there were several people that went with them. That lived in Stewart Isle and they finished their journey, they got to the Bay Area where the, gig, the gigs fell through. And for the first two, three years, maybe longer than that, first two years were just rough. We had it rough. We ended up uh, homeless for a minute, a few of us. Uh, we lived around with different friends, fans, people that loved us came to see us and Frank and I and his lady ended up staying with uh, a cat that lived in uh, Fremont. Stayed with him. We just traveled around, stayed with different folks. I met a lady. We stayed with Frank and I and his lady, stayed with her. So it was rough. I used to call home to my mom. Listen, mom, can you send me something? Because we had at that time, no food. It's like potato chip dinners. Sometimes no dinners at all. It was really that, that bad. So we struggled. Uh, and then we started getting gigs. We uh, hired a, a woman from San Francisco. She was a manager, and she got us some gigs in San Francisco, a particular club call, uh, called The Scene. And uh, we got a following, started, and there was one woman in particular. Her name was Cass. Cass was a daughter, uh, the sister of uh, Jan Gay. And Marvin Gay was married to her at that time. So she used to come and check us out. And she said, uh, she said, I'm going to call Marvin and tell him about you, Cass. Because you cats are just dynamite. Called him. Marvin came down and checked us out. He loved the band. But he hated the name Ron Salt. So he said, man, you cast a, a happening, but you gotta get rid of that name. So uh we kicked around some names, you know, back and forth. I said, uh, what about Maze? And they said, yeah, that's cool. We kept going on with names. And at the end of the day, Maze stuck. Everybody loved it because at that particular time, uh, from the doo, the butlers to Raw Soul. The music changed and when Frank started writing uh, in fact he started writing at a young age, 15 he was heavily influenced by Frankie Lyman and his real name was Stanley so he changed his name to Frankie because of Frankie Lyman so uh, um, again Marvin saw us he didn't like the name he came up with the name Maze, and he also knew the A&R, the president of Capitol Records, Larkin Arnold. So he told Larkin about us. Larkin came and saw us. And we signed with Capitol in 76. And uh, first album. And we also recorded While I'm Alone is Raw Soul. That first single. And we put it on the first album as well. So, 76 was the first album. Um, I've been in the band for 55 years. And it's been an uh, incredible journey. I mean, some of the best times of my life were when we had nothing. My most fun times that I can remember was a struggle because in between that, we would have so many friends because we were still hippies, and we were true about that. We, were, we we didn't play with that. We really were about love and peace and just, you know, and the music. So uh, after uh, the album came out, we toured sometimes for 10, 11 months out of the year. All of the, this is during the Cool Fest, uh, Bud Fest era, you know, we uh, closed the Essence Festival, headline that for 10 years straight. So, uh, and then uh, recently uh, we decided in May, well, there's some different management changes and uh, Bear Williams eloquently Described and let everybody know what that was about. So I won't have to get into that again. But, uh,
1: let, Brum, let me just uh, jump in if I could. I yeah. appreciate that history because I'm going to get a little more into the uh, TMF beginnings. And, um,
2: okay. Yeah. I was just getting ready to say, uh, um, yeah, with the incredible musicians, and, and, you know, you have some elite and, uh, just incredible musicians. So it was a no brainer for us. We already, the plan was to never break up. So uh, in the transition, we decided to remain together. And uh, we started out with the name, The Maze Factor. And I always liked the letters stood out to me. So I said, well, you know, when we decided we couldn't use that, I just came up with the acronym music forever. So everyone loved it and agreed. And we started the TMF journey and we've uh, done uh, a few gigs, two gigs in Houston. We did a big gig at uh, in Atlanta Chastain Park with Anthony Hamilton. Uh, we dropped a single, which you know, and we're just uh, getting ready to continue the the, the journey with TMF. And uh, hopefully we're gonna continue to tour. We're looking forward to the new year coming up. Uh, We have an album coming out in February. So uh, it's just been incredible. My journey as well as the beginning of the TMF journey. I'm loving the way we've been moving and, and all of the support that we've gotten. And we've only been in existence what, since May? And we, we, we've we done quite a few things that, you know, sometimes it would take artists years to do what we've done in, in such a short amount of time. So TMF is, is who we are and what we are and what we're about. And we're going to continue to uh, do all that we can do to to touch people and and gain as many fans as we can, because again, you know, the music is forever, and we're all about the music. And right now, we just want people to to recognize and support us in our new journey.
1: Yeah, you know, Rome, I appreciate that uh, history, and and you know. I got to say from back in the day, I mean, I was a fan following the group uh, since the first record, you know, and I was in school at the time, always loved Maze and and the music. Um, But I mean, right from the get go, Maze was a tight live unit. You know, I mean, that's something that's been emphasized from the beginning, that one of the best live bands has always been Maze, you know. And so the fact that that's been carried through all these decades and continues to today is just a tremendous legacy you know besides the great catalog of songs and all the great vibes and and joy and positivity that's represented by the music itself is just you know the entity as a live unit uh and and so authentic today carried through to tmf and so that's what's just so fantastic from my point of view
2: oh thank you we appreciate that
1: (laughs) um And, you know, I got to ask you, though, uh, Rome, uh, can you describe for people at all um, what the vibe was like in the studio when you guys were creating that great music originally?
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, we've always been close knit, again, with the uh, former members and uh, even now with TMX. The most incredible thing that we've maintained throughout different groups and different cats coming in and out of this band is the chemistry. It's undeniable. What we have on stage, we have the same thing in the studio. I mean, once the song is established and everybody's in it and on it, it's just a magical time on stage live and in the studio. And I think just along with the, the the genuine love that we have and respect for each other, you know, it comes down in the music. It's effortless. You know, when we go in and we, we record as well as live, it's just a beautiful thing, especially when recording the single, which is the only thing we've recorded so far. How that came about, the blend, how easily it was for everybody to just get it. Just a, a, a magical time. I can't wait to get into the studio so we can finish the album just to have that experience again. It's really special.
1: Thank you, Rome. Uh Bear, can you uh, you know, you put out that video describing, you know, what went into the the split and all that and you did a great job and I think it's so mm-hmm. commendable the way all of you have just, you know, faced that and communicated so well to the fans. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. really uh, applaud you for that, you know, and Thank you. uh Thanks. Um but what uh, you know, I've been very impressed with the way you've launched this whole thing. I mean, it's so professional, the shows. I mean, that first Atlanta show. I mean, you guys, I mean, you've been doing it forever with that, you know, a set list, I'm, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> what uh, what can you share with us that has gone into the launch of TMF as an entity? And uh, what should fans expect to see moving forward into 2024?
3: Well, <clears throat> kind of like what Rome just said, what we've put into it is really a continuation of what we had as as members of Maze, as longtime members of Mays. Um, we took we basically took the same a lot of the same philosophy, a lot of the same um, uh, passion, a lot of the same desire. Um, and it's so funny as you were talking as I was listening to Rome talk um chris is just as much a part of the dna of of maze as anybody else here because his story is intertwined it's it's there it's all there he wasn't on stage with any of us but he was there <laughs> you know what i'm saying so now it just it just kind of became full circle um you know, we, when we made this decision, uh, we made it actually early on, before we even decided uh, to launch in May. Um, this was just something that we would talk about in in the dressing rooms. Uh, you know, hey man, if this, you know, if this, if this train, we always talk about the train, you know, coupling into the station. You know, if this train ever pulls into the station, man, you know, you know, we're gonna we're gonna keep doing what we're doing, and that was what we that was our mantra. So we always knew that whatever happened we were going to continue on um and so yeah it's basically the same passion the same professionalism the same uh, uh love of music the same love of the fans to give them 110 120 degrees of you know percent of what we have to offer and that's what that's what went into like what rome said that's what went into making love to the music Um, You know, Chris is a great song. He brought it to us, you know, as a demo and the first day he brought it, you know, and he put it put it in the text chat and we all listened to it. Everybody came back. Whoa, that's us. Yeah, that's exactly what we all said. That is us. That is the essence of TMF right there. Mm -hmm. And and we went in the studio and every like like Rome said, everybody puts their parts in. And so that's the thing. I keep going back around to it, but it's the passion, it's the professionalism, the pride, really, of of going out and giving all we have to the fans, you know. And so those are the things, and that's what the people can expect from us every single time
4: we're out there. Can I can I say something, Larry? Sure. Mm-hmm. It's it's love, man. It's mm-hmm. love. Like I said, when I met mm-hmm. when I met Rome, first man. I ever met with a hug ever in my life with a hug, man. (laughs) It is love. When I tell you that when we, when we're off stage, if we could, we probably would spend that time together. We go eat together you know mm-hmm. i love going mm-hmm. to eat with chris cuz chris will pay for it you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway no but it's 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 love man when when you you know we're we're all older now you know we're all older now man 50s and 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 above and you would think like you know hey man when we're done playing i want to go get to my room i want to go spend you know my time and and do you know what i do but Mm-hmm. I right, hey man, even during the week, I'm always talking to Rome. I'm always talking to Calvin. Um, you know, it's just it's really love in the and the instrument is an is an extension of just who we are, you know. Mm-hmm. So when we come together, um, it, it really is. I'm always calling Bear, hey man, we're gonna eat. You know, if you haven't eaten. Let's meet downstairs at blah, 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 time, you know. And mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. something that we don't have to do. We're all individuals. We all have our own families. But, you know, I can say from my standpoint, I just love these guys. I love hanging out with them. So, musically, it's effortlessly because we're all, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. True. we're all, um, and we're true. all dedicated to our in- individual instruments. So that's where the pride thing comes in with us. I'm not going to let Larry down. If Larry's mm-hmm. over there getting down, I'm going to meet him there. You know, <laughs> so that is the pride. Thing. But over more than that, man, we love each other. And you yes. can't deny it that mm-hmm. even when we first started doing these shows with, you know, with the with the new uh, the new energy and the people weren't the people weren't all the people weren't embracing of that. And we understood why we are, we understand that, Mm -hmm. but they couldn't Mm -hmm. deny the love. So, you know, midway through the shows, it's like, wow, this feels the same as it always has, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it's the same great musicianship, but the love is there. And that's what permeates through the whole audience. In my Mm -hmm. opinion. Yeah.
1: Yep. I I, I think, I, I think it's wonderful that, um, you know, you guys are doing new music as well as the catalog. Um, so that helps give you your own identity too, you know? And uh, especially since uh, the last Studio Maze album, I think, was all the way back in 93. I, I'm not sure why there weren't new records yeah, after that.
2: The basics. Yeah. I can tell
4: you why. Why? <laughs> I had several talks with Mr. Beverly. And believe it or not, kind of like Prince, he had written a whole bunch of songs. He would always give me snippets of, of these songs. And, you know, I go to mm-hmm. his room and he, he's one song in particular. He was saying to me all the time about, I'm in the jam of my life. You know, it's about this. There's, there's a woman here that he, he loves, but there's another woman over here that he loves. And he's trying to make a decision. And it's a cold blooded record. And I said, Frank, why are we not putting out this music, man? We got enough music. He said, uh, we already got two hours of a dropkick show if if we do any more music somebody's gonna be mad because we didn't do this song and we didn't do this song and so what i what i figured out from what from frankie and those guys coming from philly and like rome said they had it so rough that when frank found the formula that changed their lives financially he just wasn't gonna tinker with it they they found the perfect set i remember even when i got the car he said, "Hey man, we're gonna we're gonna fly you in. We're gonna rehearse for about two weeks, and, uh, and then we're going on the road." And I said, "Mr. Beverly, with all due respect, I know the show. I know the show. We rehearsed for three days. We rehearsed. We he, he had the studio set up for two weeks. SIR. We rehearsed for three days. On that fourth day, he brought in a bottle of uh, what's that? Louis the Louis the fifteenth or?"
2: Fourteenth, right, mm-hmm,
4: Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that cognac that's like thirty two hundred bucks. Yeah. And he brought it in and he said, Man, uh, Jubu knows the show. He's saving us a lot of money on 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 uh on uh, uh rehearsal time. We're gonna drink celebrate. Up. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna celebrate drink up, you know. And man, mm. if he didn't have me by then, he sure had me then, man. Because <laughs> because once again, it was it was the brotherhood that I thought that I would have gotten through with Tony Tony Tony. We were all closer in in age, you know? And um, but I never loved I never loved that music. Even the music that I helped create, I never loved it more than than May's music. But what Frank told me out of his own mouth was that, yeah, we got a lot of songs, but he said, Man, we got we got the best show that we can have. And those people don't want us to change it. And he said, uh, I'm not going to change it because it changed my life.
3: Mm-hmm. It's interesting you say that because um, just pivoting to a different, I, I listened to, um, you know, J- the great actor, comedian, Jim Carrey, the other day, and he's talking about he's going to retire. And um, the the, interview, the interviewer said, are you serious? He says, yeah, actually, I, I'm, I'm very serious about this. And the three things that he said after it stuck with me, and it sounds exactly like what what Frankie has, has done as far as, as far as the music. He says, "I have enough. Yeah, I've done an en- I've done enough. I am enough.
5: Yeah,
3: <laughs> wow. I was like, wow, bro. I guess wow. <laughs> that's pretty much what it's you know. You can't yeah. deny it. You know. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's heavy. That's heavy."
1: interesting thank you for sharing that perspective uh, mm-hmm. uh i want to go around if i could and uh ask all of y'all um what would be your top uh one or two favorite tracks out of the maze catalog you know uh i think fans mm-hmm. would enjoy knowing that so uh start with uh calvin How? Oh, wow That's
6: my favorite two Probably would be, uh, of course, I think everybody, you know, everybody loves Before I Let Go is like, it's a staple. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I love that song. That's probably one of my faves. And uh, I think the other would be, I there's something about While I'm Alone. I, I really love that song. Uh, so I think those two would probably be my, fave, my faves, Before I Let Go, While I'm Alone.
1: All right, all right, Chris. What about you?
0: Uh, for me, uh, the message of "We Are One" that 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 that's certainly one of my favorites, and um, and also I I absolutely love "Joy and Pain." <laughs> <laughs> so those would be my top two for for me personally.
1: Daniel, what about you?
0: Oh, um,
5: because of the way it feels to me. It feels it has a gospel thing to it to me, and I think "Thank You" is probably my top two. Uh, it just it feels different than most of the shows songs we did. And then I also love. Uh, uh, now, he's gonna want credit for this. I wasn't familiar with this particular piece until we just started bringing it up. But in recent months, uh, "Feel That You Feel" is becoming a new favorite of mine. Calvin is gonna want credit for that because he presses it all the time. But you know, uh, that song is that song is taken on a new light for me after we performed yeah. it um, with the Houston. We did, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah. And since then, it's become a, it's taken
2: on a different kind of love for me. So yeah. yeah,
1: all right, Rome. What are your two main jams?
2: Oh, I have several. I mean, we are one happy feelings uh before I go uh there's one that was on the first album, but we never played it live called I Need you um my um why am I drawing a blank uh golden time of day is one of my favorites uh.
1: Well, you picked five. I think we got to leave some for Ooh, a Bear and, yeah. and Jubu. Like so. I said, I mean, you're talking about
2: 12 <laughs> albums of material. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, Jubu, what about you?
4: My introduction to Maze was Feel That You Feel. And the first time I heard Frankie's rhythm on that song, it just, man, it hit me like. Of Haymaker.
2: This is when I mean, he was playing rhythm guitar.
4: Yeah. It was a live record. Uh, um friend of mine that turned me on the maze. His name is Eric Baker. Um and uh, he's the one that turned me on. I was 13 years old. And I when first time I heard feel that you feel and I was like, Wow, man, who are these cats? You know, and my um that would be my introduction so that's why it's a favorite but my all-time favorite main song is while i'm alone wow i love that song yeah while that i'm alone so, the, the the infusion of the guitar parts me. the infusion of the guitar parts man and and um uh, frank told me that it was three parts that were overdubbed and and i try to play all three of them man and you know together i i really tried it those Man, those 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 parts, along with uh, the melody, the whole the song is a, a amazing song to me.
1: That's that's the thing about Maze. Uh, you know, the signature of Maze is just really the keyboard and guitar. To me, has always been, you know, the way those uh, interlock and and uh, carry out the melodies and grooves for Maze, um, especially. Not being a horn band, you know, so many of the uh, R&B bands from back then had horn sections and uh, Maze and the Isley Brothers or two that come to mind, you know, that just kept it with uh, the guitars and keys. Fair, mm-hmm. uh, what would be your your jams?
3: Uh, that'd be Golden Time of Day and um, Lady of Magic for me.
4: Wow. Yeah, I love Lady of Magic, too. Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I, I mean, gotta share.
2: I mean, you can't just have one or two. It's a lot of great materials. Frank was well, a great writer. Nothing else.
1: Yeah,
4: was... but that was his question, Rome. Let's just respect that.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, well, actually, I, I'm gonna make I'm gonna name my favorite, which uh you guys didn't mention, um, Southern Girl. Okay. Because I'm more of a funk guy, so uh, working to working together. Ah uh, um, happy feeling, gotta and uh and then one track that's a little obscure, but I know it goes back to the Ross Old days is colorblind. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That yeah. is a hard, a, a hard track.
4: track. Yeah. 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 Lyric lyrically, I, I need you is cold blooded too. Oh yeah. I need yeah. you is a cold blooded song, man.
2: Beautiful,
4: beautiful.
2: Yeah. In fact, uh, I'm hoping that... uh TMF will be able to do that live. Great. Yeah. And we're going to continue to play the maze material and continue that legacy. But at some point in time, it's going to end up being a TMF set. You're going to hear more of the TMF material. You know, we'd like to introduce the TMF sound to the world.
1: How how would you uh, define... The TMF sound, you know. Somebody said, "What is it you guys are doing?"
2: Uh, I think it's a combination of uh, just your own experiences and who you've played with, who's who you've been influenced by. Uh, uh, what matters when we're together—the chemistry again, the chemistry, the the journey that we've all taken. I mean, it's just so many. Uh, narratives you know that come with this unit and the fact that we are together when everyone could be doing their own thing. In fact they do their own things with and has always done even with Maze. They have uh, their own uh, albums. They they perform uh, with different bands and uh, See, Chris is is torn with. I mean, he's always when he's not with us, he's torn with everyone. I mean, yeah. So it's it's fortunate that we have the unit we have when they could be doing other things and doing working with other people that would commit them. But they've been loyal, always, always loyal. And that's been most of the bands that have come in and out through Maze. Mm -hmm. And now we've remained with The Loyalist.
0: And and if I may may jump in, there's one thing I'd like Mm -hmm. to to add. One Mm -hmm. of the things that makes these guys so unique and so special, um, like in the studio, for example, they've been together for so long. And with the love and the respect that they each have, it, it, it filters through the music. For example, uh, making love to the music, right? The song, the new single that we have. You don't have to tell Bear what to play. You don't have to tell Daniel and Vance uh, chordal things what to do. The respect is there. Jubu, He's going to find areas that, that, that where he mm-hmm. knows what to put there. You don't you don't have to mm-hmm. tell any of these guys what to play or to stay out of the way to respect each other's boundaries. It it happens automatically. And you don't find mm-hmm. that in most situations. You just don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, I've worked with a lot of lot of musicians over the years, and, and a lot of times you have to tell them, Can you can you play this? <laughs> Give me this. Mm-hmm. With these guys, didn't have to do that at all. It's just like it, mm-hmm. it, it's there's an automatic chemistry that doesn't happen in most situations. So that that's the mm-hmm. beauty for me. And I was sitting in the studio just blown away like man, these guys they just get it. <laughs> it's just there. You know? So right. it, it I, makes I, it for me to sing. I think true. It's, and
2: it's, it's very it's an, unique. That's very unique and special. Yeah. Have I call a, it I call kind of, it
4: an innate is, an innate sensitivity mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. we have. For, for the music. It's an innate sensitivity, man. And like like Rome said earlier, when Chris brought the song to us, I, it was eerie, man. It was eerie. I was like, man, this is us. Oh,
5: mm-hmm.
3: This is us. Yeah. Like,
4: yeah. you know?
5: Yeah.
3: Well, we are um, as far as elements are concerned, we just bring everything that's influenced. Like, like Rome said, we've we bring everything that's influenced us through the years, for instance, we're heavily gospel influenced nice. we're heavily soul influenced we're se- we're heavily jazz influenced um you know we've got a rock edge to us you know yes. that you have yet to hear yet you've yet you've yet to hear that, but it's it's there <laughs> trust me um a lot of different things a lot of r and b of course so there's a it's a real you know it's a real gumbo if you gumbo believe. yes, yes, yeah. you, yeah. so. you know. <laughs> that that we're that we're working with and and like you said it doesn't it flows out of us it doesn't it's not forced at all everybody just brings what they That's bring what you know right. and it just comes out comes out like that yeah
1: yeah just and, talking uh, again Chris to that wrote, tremendous chemistry
2: yeah Chris Thank you. wrote mm-hmm. the song with us in mind he'll tell Absolutely. you that. so yep. it it just fit it was just a great fit mm-hmm. And uh, yep. we we love him for it, love him mm-hmm. for it to be yeah. the first single. Oh yeah, yes,
4: brother. <laughs> <laughs> Thank and you, as, brother. And as you can tell, man, we're we're all men of faith, and um, and I I can say personally for me, that was the biggest plus for us when Chris decided to come on board. Man, he's such a man of faith. He's such an honorable guy, man. It just Man, it's it's almost scary how seamless this has happened. You know, it really is. It's 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 mm-hmm. almost scary, man. I I gotta remind myself. You know, I I think um, you know, if if we could get Calvin together, we 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 can <laughs> we can really. <laughs> Jubu,
0: Jubu, not right now. Okay, not right okay. now. Yes. Not right now. Not
4: now. All right. All <laughs> right. All right. All, right. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry, but I, I tend to I tend to wear off a little bit. Y'all gotta reel me back in
2: feeling back in (laughs) it going to be long I was hoping we could get through it without (laughs) without a button
1: here's a question for you guys especially those of you that have been with the organization for several years is is there one or two uh, road experiences, performance experiences that just really stand out for whatever reason maybe it was just you know somebody came on stage with you maybe uh it was a huge crowd maybe the power went out you know whatever it might be uh maybe your your bus broke down you know just something Ah, ah, a couple a couple i got a great
4: one (laughs) y'all remember when 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 we did uh we did a private show for uh magic johnson's wife at the house of house of blues in los angeles and um Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown came to the show. And uh Bobby had a few many, a few of them to drink. Mm. And uh he told Frank, I want to come on stage with you, man. I know all the I know all the music. I know all the songs, man. So uh we were all in the dressing room together, and Bobby and Whitney left out the dressing room. I said, Frank, with all due respect, man. You know, this is your thing. I'm just your guitar player. But please don't do that. Uh, Bobby's been drinking. And so Frank said, No, he seemed okay to me. You know, he said, no. I said, Yeah, Frank, I, I understand. You know, but I'm just telling you, I've, I've been friends with him for a few years now. And uh, I, I think it's a bad idea. Well, you we know, well, we'll see. So Frank brings Bobby up on uh, Before I Let Go, which is Magic and Cookie's favorite Maze song, right? So, Frank gives Bobby the mic and Bobby knows none of the
0: lyrics
4: (laughs) as he told him he was, as he told him, he didn't know the lyrics. And Frank tries to get the mic back from Bobby. Bobby ends up putting Frank in a headlock. (laughs) (laughs) What? Bobby puts Frank in a headlock and Frank's like trying to keep his hat on while Bobby's got it, you know. And, and and it wasn't like a physical altercation. Bobby was just in a good place, man. He was just really feeling great. And that's like the biggest memory, you know, for me. It it was to the point to where Magic Johnson came up on stage after we finished the song and he said, Hey, hey guys, I know you never did this before, he said, but that's that's me and Cookie's favorite song, man. Did you guys do that song again uh, without Bobby this time? <laughs> so we ended up playing the song all over again. <laughs> that's my one of my great
2: May stories without Bobby. <laughs> that is. A,
1: that's a great one. <laughs> um,
2: the live in New Orleans. We the album that was recorded that was my favorite
1: mm. yeah yeah that was tight mm-hmm.
2: yeah. yeah
1: that's a classic for sure yeah mm-hmm. all right any other real memories uh one throughout anybody
3: no i think jubu topped it
0: i have a tmf memory although it's new <laughs> father's day uh, uh, actually, no, it was not Father's Day. Although that's 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 a good one, but it was Houston, Jubu's solo on Golden Time of Day. Oh, oh. Yeah. Well, Labor <laughs> Day, That, yeah. that, that yes, one will, will that that whoo, that one right? He took it to a whole nother level. Oh
3: yeah, yes you did. Yes you
0: did. Oh uh,
1: yeah, I have seen that. It's like a five minute <laughs> solo or something like yes, that. Yeah, yes, yes, hot. <laughs> if you haven't yeah. seen that? You got to get on YouTube and check it out for sure. Hmm. Uh, what about uh, other artists and influences? You know, if you had to pick uh, like two or three Desert Island albums that are the most important to you that you just got to have, who might they be?
2: Yeah, for me... Um, it would be, uh, go ahead, Rum. Uh I'm still a jazz head. And one of my favorite artists is John Coltrane. Uh, I listened to, you know, Miles Davis, some of the old traditional artists from the 50s and 60s. I was influenced by, uh, of course, uh, percussionist Mongo Santa Maria. Um, And uh, as far as pop, I love, you know, so many different artists, uh, the pop world. It's too many to mention, but... Uh, Let me help you. <laughs>
4: I know what I'd have. Babylon by Bus by Marley and the Wailers. Mays, Live in New Orleans would be my second. And my third album would be The Cannon Spirituals, Live in Memphis 1. If I'm <laughs> on a desert island, those are the three albums, and I'll make it through. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, and I left out my all-time favorite R&B artist, James Brown.
1: Mm.
4: Oh, yeah. Wow, man. On that note, I might have to cancel out um... <laughs> Live in New Orleans. would have to. I may have to cancel out Live in New Orleans for Live at the Apollo, James Brown. That that would be, but Babylon by bus and the Cannes Spirituals live in Memphis 1, they're definitely coming with me. <laughs> Then, if you notice, I named all live albums. Yes, sir. Right.
1: Bear, what about what would be your top two or three? Uh I know you got some blues it in does. there, right?
3: Oh boy. Um yeah, that'd probably be um oh man. Blues. Not necessarily albums, uh, but certainly singles. <laughs> Um, you know, things from Sunhouse, uh, Howling Wolf, Muddy Waters, of course, Elmore James, one of my huge, huge influences. Um, on, the, on another note, Larry Carlton's The Gift. Um, you never heard that album. It's Actually, I happen to be on it. It's just a plug. But uh, it's a great album. It was the first album he did once he moved to Nashville. And I got a chance to be on that with him um it's just from start to finish the music is just um it was it's wonderful it's a privilege a privilege to be a part of it um and then lastly there's an ivan Lenz. i'm a huge brazilian music fan um and the guys probably didn't even know that but anyway um chris knows it chris knows it Mm -hmm. because we talked about it but um ivan lens um uh, there's a, a double album that he did and i can't think of the exact name of it, uh, but it's it's a double album live, and it's just chocked full of just beautiful, beautiful stories and and Brazilian melodies and rhythms. It's just a, a wonderful thing. So I could I could chill on a desert island with that for sure.
1: <laughs> wow, that's some great variety. Daniel, what about you? If you had to pick two or three albums most important to you from other artists, well, um.
5: I had to actually look to see what album it was on. They've done it four times, but uh, my favorite uh, pianist is Russell Ferrante. Mm. They've done this. Mm-hmm. They've done this song three or four times. The original version is a song called Geraldine, and this one they're. Um, I had to find album, the Spin out on the spinout. I have to have that album. Uh, my mm. producer. Bro, uh, my producer hero, and I just we just started working on this new record, and this the new record, the previous record is over 20 years old, is a guy named Tommy Sims. And he did an mm. album 20 years ago called Peace and Love. Uh that album is a must-have in my life. Uh I'm being particular to that Yellow Jackets record because that's my favorite song, but the entire Yellow Jacket's catalog is one album. Mm. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. right. Uh, I hear one album. Yeah. and then um I would say the album that kind of molded that I have to have because it's always was a study record for me was um probably Bruce Hornsby's uh uh That's just the way it is album. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Just yeah. the, the way he the way he plays and treats that record. Is a direct impact on how I like to play. So, like, still like a that's like my um, that's my you know study album. Even though it's the easiest album to learn, it's the most you got to understand the way it feels, the way the story is. It's just mm-hmm. it's the most. It's a very knowledge field record to me, you know, yeah. just because yeah. it's treated. So those three albums are Bibles to me. Mm
1: -hmm. And there's there's
5: 35 Yellow Jackets album in that one album (laughs) song.
0: Their entire album is a go-to.
1: Gotcha. Thank you. Chris, what about you?
0: Well, for me, um, I would have to say um, Arnett Arnett Coleman. Um, Mm. There's a record called uh, Virgin Beauty that I absolutely love. And mm-hmm. um, I'm a huge fan, of course, at having worked with him for a number of years also. But mm-hmm. um, anything from the Winans catalog, <laughs> I'll take yeah.
3: it. And yeah.
0: and and of course, you know, uh Al Jarreau, I mean, live in London. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, anything from his catalog as well. So I, th- th- those would be my my three, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Nice. Oh,
2: and I would be remiss if I didn't mention my favorite pianist other than spoon Keith Jarrett
0: mm-hmm. yeah and and also um one of my favorites is uh, Oscar Peterson I mean he's uh, oh, yeah. I mean mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
3: yeah I got to see, I got to see Oscar play live in high school at um Chicago State University Wow amazing, yep. amazing. Yep. yeah
4: amazing
1: yeah mm-hmm. yeah Well, Calvin you get to bring this topic home.
4: Donnie McClurkin. Well, <laughs> watch out, Juba. <you>. Okay. <laughs> man.
6: <laughs> no, man. I think I think like like because I think I have such a large background in Quartet. I would have to say that that live in Memphis and Cat Spirits was one. That yeah, was man. That's probably one of the big Quartet records. Mm-hmm. I mean, gee. Uh that one and and like Daniel, I like the Yellow Jacks. I like the live wires album. I think it was live. I like that album. And then, I don't know, this might sound crazy, but to me, it's almost like growing up from the in the 80s, Huey Lewis and the News, I know they were from out in the Bay Area, right, Ju? Yes. Those guys, man, all there, it's just like that whole catalog to me, almost like the way Daniel feels about the Yellow Jackets. I don't know, growing up, man, I was like, a, I really loved Hue- Huey Lewis and the News, a lot of those records, man. I just thought that band was just like, man, these guys, you know, about the Oregon yeah. thing, I guess. Yeah, they're
4: guess. on point. Yes. point. Calvin, they mm-hmm. rehearsed at my high school. They did? Uh, they rehearsed at my high school, man. Wow. 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 Yes. Yes. We, when I first got to, uh, to my school, they were renovating the football field and they renovated the auditorium. And they brought all this state-of-the-art stuff in there. And the first band to come in there and, and, and try that stuff out was Huey Lewis and the newsman. And it was right next door to the band room. And actually, they were the probably the reason why I started cutting class, man, because I'd had to <laughs> I'd have to go over there and, and hear those guys and yeah, they were yeah. so nice and so gracious. But the guitars, man. Yes. The 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 distortions and I mean, just unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. They were musical. I'm sorry, guys.
3: Yeah, no, they were were
6: very musical. They They were just so musical to me, man. It just, Mm -hmm. everything they played, it's just like, man, it's, you know, and and Huey's voice. Huey's voice was like, clap. Yeah, they were clap. For sure. For sure.
1: When Mm -hmm. I think of them, I think of, you know, just incredible overachievers. You know, they were like so um, kind of, I don't know if not low profile, but they were just so kind of unassuming and just did their thing, and then they hit yep. it so big, you know. Yeah,
5: they did, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah.
4: Yep. Unassuming is yes, a great I mean. way to to present that because they were they were approachable, they mm-hmm. were like some of the nicest people you you ever want to meet, and you know they were they were reluctant stars. Yep.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: The coolest yep. cats I've met was Grateful Dead.
4: Yes. And they rehearsed at our school, too, a couple of times. But Huey Lewis, they were a mainstay there. But not to steal your thunder, guys. (laughs) 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 Uh.
1: Tmf. going into uh, 2024, we're going to look for, um, of course, the single to continue to uh, get uh, airplay and get attention and be successful and and be Mm -hmm. performed live when you guys are on stage. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, when do you think we might see uh, an album? Uh, will that be during twenty twenty four? Do you think? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. First quarter of uh, of twenty twenty four. Outstanding. And what kind mm-hmm. of uh, you know tour schedule do you anticipate for the new year?
3: We're working on it now. We have our, our manager and uh, uh, some agents. That are working diligently to plot everything out and put everything together. We've had so many requests across the country and really UK and and, and Europe as well um, requests to come over. So it's um, you know it's a it's you know it's it's, it's a crapshoot as far as where we're going to be. Um, but we're we're hoping to hit all the places that people are. They're they're, they're literally every day. There's requests. You know, come here, please come here, please, please here, 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 here. And so we want to hit all of those spots. We really do uh, want to connect with people um, in a live way, which is, you know, which which is where this band, like the May, May's before us, this is where this band lives. It lives live.
1: So, And what's the uh, website or, you know, can people get on a mailing list or how can they keep up?
3: Yeah, two ways. Um, the, the website is tmfconcerts with an s.com, tmfconcerts.com. If they want to just get on the mailing list, they can go to bands also with an s in town, dot com, and then just put in tmf, the music forever, and then it'll pop up and then they can join the mailing list and that'll let them know whatever we're playing live any place at all. They won't get spammed. It'll just let them know when we're going to be somewhere, and they can purchase tickets.
0: And plus, our social media social media handles
3: as well. Yes, yes, exactly. Those are uh, TMF the Soul Band, TMF the T H uh, E Soul Band, and they they can hit us up at Facebook, um, Instagram, um, Thread, um, all all the ones. Um, yeah, every, every everything except Twitter, I think. Yeah. So, <laughs> or X, also, X now.
2: By yeah. The single
1: is well. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah, available can... at any, any streaming uh, service and so forth, right?
3: Yeah. All streaming services, all, you know, Apple Music, Amazon, everywhere. And it's available on our website homepage as well, tmfconcerts.com.
1: I wish you continued success with it. And, and just what New Year wishes do you have for folks? <laughs> well, Rome,
2: to, uh, Thank everybody for being a part of uh, the new and upcoming journey of TMF. And we'd like to wish everybody uh, a great new year. And to look out for the band will be coming your way soon. And uh, that's it. Big love from Rome.
1: outstanding indeed indeed well you guys thank you so much um thank you so much for all the music you've given us and will continue to bring to us and uh, much love and respect and thank you
3: thank you for having us scott thank you for having
4: us
1: happy Happy new year everyone yes Mm -hmm. happy new year absolutely i hope you enjoyed this episode of truth and rhythm a big thank you goes out to our guest as well as to you the viewer and listener Also, much gratitude to pleasure for supplying the show's funky opening and closing music. As a reminder, you can always access the complete list of linked shows by episode at funkinstuff.net. I urge you to support this program and receive the extra benefits along with that by subscribing to the Funk and Stuff channel on YouTube and sharing it with funk, R&B, and jazz lovers, joining Truth and Rhythm's membership program at Patreon, submitting a donation at funkinstuff.net buying everything is on the one the first guide to funk book at amazon shopping at the funky things store for cool merchandise at funkinstuff.net and linking through funkinstuff.net for all of your amazon purchases in addition if you're an artist or anyone seeking proven results oriented professional marketing pr writing or editing consultation or production check out